Hello, bonjour, buenos dias. Ni hao, guten tag, konnichiwa. Ciao, shalom, dobre dien. Hello to all the children of the world. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another Family Fun Friday here at the Nurturing Parent Podcast. Um, if you tuned into Tuesday's episode, we interviewed Param and she shared with us her subscription box. Travel outside the box subscription. Tra yes, okay. travel outside the box subscription. So we had Emma welcome us in with a lovely song. <laughs> That I actually remember from, I believe it was pre-K or kindergarten, and we sang it, and it always stuck with me. <laughs> I always resorted to that song when I was trying to figure out how to say hi in another language. <laughs> <laughs> and and you shared it with me. I'd never heard it before, so I quickly learned it. <laughs> it's got a couple of verses, but we just thought we'd share with you the chorus because it would be really fun to learn with your little ones. So let me just sing it for you one more time. Hello, bonjour, buenos dias. Ni hao, guten tag, konnichiwa. Ciao, shalom, dobre dien. Hello to all the children of the world. And of course, if you know different languages, or if people in your life, in your family, in your community, if they speak different languages, like for me, I would put golden dog, which is Icelandic. So I'd put that one in somewhere. And just go ahead and add your own ways or people in your life, their ways of saying hello or a, a regular greeting, because that would be really fun too. Yeah, and it is it is just a nice song because I'm 27 it's, now, and like I said, since pre-K or kindergarten, that song randomly yeah. pops up into my head, and I love singing. <laughs> it's a really, really lovely song. So we just wanted to continue on the theme of multiculturalism this week, and uh, that's our song. And just before we go into the activity we want to recommend, I wanted to let you know about um, one beautiful book. There are many beautiful books out there. This one is called Let's Celebrate Special Days Around the World. Oh, by Kate um, De Palma. But then there's another one called Lights of Winter, Winter Celebrations Around the World by Heather Conrad. And that last one, The Lights of Winter, I love it because it goes way, way back in history. And it talks about cultures in many different places around the world and how we all have celebrated the light returning, the idea of, of, you know, bringing back the light when the ancient people didn't know that the sun would come back. They just saw it getting darker and darker and darker and got worried in the ancient times. And so they brought in light and fire and um, had ceremonies and celebrations and rituals around it. And that one's lovely because it, it includes Christmas, of course, Hanukkah, Diwali, uh, many of the ones that I've heard about and don't know much about. So I'm excited to read that story too. 
lights of winter so winter celebrations around the world um also to encourage you to either dig into your roots or to find out a little bit more about somebody else's background we encourage you to one go to the to the library to find those books so mm-hmm. that's just a fun trip to get out of the house with your kids and go to the library to the kids section and it's a kids area so kids can be kids there and you don't need to be stressed it's free it's great it's a great place to take your kids mm-hmm. so Libraries are a great resource especially in the winter when you need to get out of the house even into different uh, building. <laughs> it's yeah. too cool to be outside. <laughs> so we encourage you to go to your library. And then if you want to stop and get um, a recipe book and create a traditional dish for the holidays with your kids. Do you have recipes, Serena, that have been passed down to you from grandparents or from parents in, in your cultural background? Um, not for Christmas. We kind of have a nice Christmas dinner. Usually we have a nice filet mignon for Christmas and that's only like Christmas time. <laughs> but for <laughs> Easter, we have a Polish um, breakfast, which I do keep that tradition. And then just around the Christmas time, I remember being at my aunt's house and she would make cookies and send them out to the family. So they were like these nice crunchy cinnamon cookies and I just remember being in the kitchen with her because it's a whole day preparation and baking and Mm -hmm. and boxing to send out so I just remember being around her the holiday season and being in the kitchen with her while she does all that and it was yeah it was a lot of fun so even though that's not a cultural food particularly Mm -hmm. it is a a familial a family um tradition tradition yeah that even though it was just an auntie like one level up from you not grandparents or great grandparents tra- passing it down but from your auntie now you can pass that down right because you have those special memories of of that day each year with your auntie that's so sweet and lovely yes um so so yeah that could be a family tradition and again it doesn't have to be your cultural background it could be a family cultural background, or it could be another culture that you're really interested in. Or each year, maybe you do a different cultural food that year on the year that you're going to make something special for uh, winter celebration time. So I wanted to share with you my favorite Christmas uh, time tradition, and that's from my Icelandic background Actually, I make two two things each year, one from my Icelandic background and shortbread from my Scottish background. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, shortbread's so yummy. So I make shortbread because my mom is Scottish and I make vinaterta, which is an Icelandic traditional Christmas cake. Now, what's interesting about Vinatetta is that it came over with my ancestors from Iceland. They came in the late 1800s, and everyone who is a descendant of the settlers who came from Iceland to Canada, and then some went to the United States, all of us, um, we're sometimes known as Western Icelanders, because so many thousands came at that time. We have vinatarta as part of our deep-seated 
traditional Icelandic food. Now, what's funny is the food, um, the vinaterte the kind of died out in Iceland. And most people my age and younger have never even heard of it before. So it's um, it's kind of neat because it's now very specific to North American Icelandic people. And my favorite things about the Vinaterta, it takes hours to make and it used to take longer because the filling, it's seven layers of cake that's rolled out like a like a cookie. And it's rolled out a quarter of an inch thick by eight by 11, like big, huge slabs of it baked all separately, seven layers in my family. Some people say six, some people say five. We have great arguments about this traditional (laughs) food in different families, do it different ways. Um, Some use cardamom, some don't. Some, you know, it's really quite funny. But when I used to make it with my ama, my grandmother, she taught me how to make it. And so that's really special to me. It's so precious, those memories of sitting around the table with her making this traditional cake every year. Um, and we, in the filling between these layers of cake, we make it with prunes. And back in those days, we had to steam the prunes and then take all the pits out. Now you can buy pitted prunes, <laughs> so it's way quicker. But one of the things I loved about sitting at the table with her pitting the prunes was she would tell me stories, old family stories, very intriguing stories. I heard the best stories sitting there making vina terte with her. Mm. And then I taught it. I, I made it, made it with my daughter when she was young. And then I made it with my grandsons. And they're like most of you will know if you've been listening for a while, they're big. They're 16 and 11 now, but they still love making vinaterta with Amma. Mm-hmm. So that's my favorite. <laughs> so, yeah, that's beautiful. And we encourage you to to set that up for your kids so they can have memories like this that will last forever and want to pass that on to their kids. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't listened to Tuesday's episode, please tune in. It's a wonderful interview. And Param has boxes that you can order. (laughs) Yes, that would make a a wonderful gift to other families that have kids. It's a good gift for your kids. Also, we have some episodes last year for this Christmas season. So episode number two is Christmas consumerism, where we talk about (laughs) the consumerism that goes on around this time. And episode number three is what to do about Santa. If you're worried about your kids finding out or or worried about how to approach the situation, we have an episode, episode number three on what to do about Santa. That's when kids are finding out the actual truth behind the myth. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a really magical, um, positive way to deal with when your children do find out. So... We hope you listen and thank you for being here today. Happy holiday season. Now I should have the ending of that song that says goodbye. (laughs) 